I want God to go all in on my behalf. Everybody say, Lord, bless my part. How does the Lord bless your part? Now, if you were here last week, uh, you have a little bit of foundation. If you were not here last week, go on and line and watch uh, the, the the message. Now, uh, we're, we missed the worship. Or the computer start, didn't start till uh, right in the middle, but you get the whole message. So go on and watch last week's service and get this foundation. But today, I, I, I'm going to teach you something. There's several lessons, several revelations that if you get in your life, it will absolutely change your life. I preach a lot of stuff, and it's good, and you can just shout and clap, and it's great, but there's about four things, three or four things that if you get, will change your life. Number one, the revelation of salvation, that Jesus loves you, he died on the cross for you, and that you accept him as Lord and Savior, confess your sins, he changes your destiny from hell to heaven. You got to get that one. That's important. It's important to get the revelation that Jesus said, don't do anything until you be filled with the Holy Spirit. That when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that power comes upon your life, that you will be, you'll be witnesses, that you will have revelation, that you'll have wisdom and knowledge and direction, and He comes along beside you and helps you. You need to pray every day, Holy Spirit, fill my life. Develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost. But if you can get this third revelation, and there, there, there's lots of things, but if you can get this right here that I'm going to tell you today and last week, it can change your life here on planet Earth. If you get this right, there's a whole lot of other stuff that'll be right. But if you get this wrong... It makes life a lot harder. Because when God is all in for you, if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen? Have, have you ever taken your kids to uh, McDonald's to get french fries? I like McDonald's french fries. I like Whataburger french fries. Okay, let's be honest. I like french fries. I mean, what's not to like about french fries? And you go to, you go to McDonald's and you, you go through and you get them the french fries and, and you got the sack as a father. I don't know why my voice went way up there. As a father. <laughs> the temptation before you hand the bag to the kid is to put your hand in and get a fry. Come on. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. 
I, I learned the secret long ago. I like to be the one that goes, picks up Whataburger, picks up McDonald's, because on the way back, you, you get fries. But you don't just get fries out of one. You get a couple out of all of them. That way they still look even. So if I ever went to pick up lunch for you and got fries, yes, I ate one of your fries. But you, 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 you reach in the bag, and when you do, your child immediately says, Daddy, mine. You see, what they don't understand, what they don't have the revelation of, what they don't, are not mature enough to understand, that all of those french fries are mine. I paid for the french fries. I have the resources to buy a lot more French fries. It's one of some, some of the first things that we learn. It's the first words that we learn. Mine. We are by nature greedy. We're by nature selfish. We have to learn to be generous. We have to learn to share. So we will talk today about tilting these scales. How can we tip the scales? This is, I worked this week, I got my paycheck, I, I got my money, and, and the, the, the scales are tipped in over, and it looks like in my favor, but how can God tip the scales? Because this is not enough to give me financial freedom. This is not enough to do all that I want to do. I need the hand of God. I need the blessing of God upon my finances. So, we find Genesis chapter 4 right off the bat. Right in the beginning. Genesis chapter 4. Verse number 1 through 7. I'm reading from the New Living. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, The Lord, with the Lord's help, I've produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's, Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. He looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. So, why did God reject Cain's offering? They both brought an offering. Was it their first offering? 
No. They'd been doing this for a long time. They had grown up. God showed Adam and Eve. He told them. He gave them rules and regulation. He told them ever how to do things. They, this was not their first rodeo. But this is the first time we have record that God rejected an offering. They'd been doing this where they were either older teenagers or young adults. And so all of a sudden, God rejects Cain. And Cain is so sad and dejected. And God's like, why? If you'll just do what's right, I'll accept you. So you say, well, 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 well why did God refuse Abel and accept I mean, refuse, accept Cain, uh, Abel and refuse Cain. We, we, we immediately say, oh, well, I, I know the answer to that. And Abel was a, a, a rancher, and he brought a lamb, and a lamb was the only sacrifice, and it's a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament, and all of that's true. It's not the reason. Because other things, were, I've been, been reading this week, and uh, in my devotion time, and looking at all the different things, God said, bring the first clump of grain to me. Bring the, your first wine to me. Bring your first this and bring your first that. Everything you had. Everybody wasn't a rancher. There was farmers. And God made allowances and God allowed people to bring what they had. You see, what was happening... was in Cain's heart. See, God, God doesn't look on outward appearance. God's looked at the heart. He knows what's happening. And I want you to notice very, very closely here a word that we've got to get. You see, Cain's heart was kind of like your kids. It's mine. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 3. When it was time for the harvest... Cain presented some of his crops to the Lord. What? Cain brought some. Cain took care. Got to pay my bills. Got to put money in savings. Got to pay my hired hands. Got to buy my wife some new shoes. Got to pay my car payment, my house payment. Got to go on vacation. Oh, oh yeah, I got to give the Lord some. Cain gave some. And then Abel, the Bible says, brought the best and the first. You see, when, when, when somebody said, wait, 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 wait a minute, Pastor. You're not going to tell me how to, how to, how to handle my money. I, I, I'm going to do it my way. Oh, okay, do it your way. But God says there's only one way to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, what I'm going to teach you today, if you'll get, well, it could change your life. Because here's what we do. We... Go to a restaurant, we eat, we get some good service, and then we tip. When you give some, you tip. Can I tell you today, God is not a waiter. He's God. You don't 
tenth God. You give God what belongs to Him. You need to go back and listen to last week. The tithe is God's. It belongs to God. It's His. It's not yours. That's why He said don't give it. You bring it. Because you're bringing back to God what's already His. But now, I'm going to teach you a little more because it's not just giving Him what's His. It's giving Him His first. Everybody say first. Abel brought the best gift, the best portions, the firstborn lambs of his flock. Which was a huge step of faith. How many of those, if, if you're raising a flock and you have a male, you're going to need that male. Amen? To multiply. You're going to, are you guaranteed another male in the, in, the, in the flock? Not necessarily. Wait a minute, I got one. Woo, praise the Lord. Well, why don't I give this or that? No, no, no. God said, give me mine first. Remember last week? The, the, the man of God told the, the widow lady, bring me one first. When he gave the first, it was an act of faith. It was an act of stewardship. It was not just tipping God because tips doesn't. Tilt the scales. You're not going all in when you're tipping God. You're giving him what's left. You're giving him what's left over. If I have enough. But God said, I want the first. You, we, we talked last week that when we get paid, it's a test. Every time you get paid, it's a test. Who are you going to thank and who are you going to trust? Are you going to thank Southside or Bank of America? Are you going to thank Verizon? Or are you going to thank... You know, GM, are you going to think all these things? Or do you put your trust in them? You see, none of them have the power to tilt the scales in your favor. Only God does. And so when you take you, you say, Pastor, I, you don't understand. I can't afford it. No, no, you don't understand. You can't afford not to. Because if you can't live on this, you need God to tilt the scales in your favor... To bless this, because what God blesses, He multiplies. You remember the feeding of the 5,000? He took two loaves, two fish, and five loaves. That was not enough to feed that many people. I mean, that wouldn't even feed me. That's a snack. That's a fish sandwich right there. There wasn't even any french fries. And God, Jesus took it and he blessed it and he broke it and it fed. We say 5,000. Men. And their women and their kids, it could have been fifteen or twenty thousand. We, we don't know. All I know 
is you can't naturally feed that many people on that little. But when you put it in God's hands and God blesses it, it goes further. And he had 12 baskets left over. And I think those 12 baskets probably went back to the little boy that gave Amen the offering to start with. And he showed up at home with 12 men carrying 12 baskets. And he said, look, Mama, I gave Jesus an offering and he gave me a harvest. What I took was not enough, but I put it in God's hands and He made it more than enough. If you don't have enough here, you got to find a way to multiply this. And God is a multiplier. Amen? So uh, last week we talked, I, I just challenged you to a 90 day challenge of, uh, I told you when you picked up your giving statement. Maybe you need to go back and look at it. You need to go get your, get your giving statement. And you need to look at it. And you need to compare it. And you need to say, is this a tithe? A tithe's what? 10%. Is this really a tithe on what I made? I'm telling you, every year, when I go through those, I pray. I beg God, oh, Lord, please help that family. They're living in poverty. I don't know how they got that new house. I don't know how they're driving that nice car. Because according to their giving, they are broke. And I pray and I pray and I pray. And then I realize God can't bless what's cursed. Don't come to me and ask me to pray God bless your finances when you're stealing from Him. Because God don't bless thieves. There have probably been more people here today if I hadn't have told them I was preaching on this again today. They're like, we're coming back next week. The tithe. Oh, I know what the tithe is. The tithe is 10% of it. No, it's not. What? Pastor, you told me last week, tithe, 10%, $100 on a thousand. Nope. Let me teach you something else. Everybody say, Master. It's the Hebrew word for tithe. The tithe is not just 10%. Not a hundred out of a thousand, not ten out of a hundred, it's not a dollar out of ten. It's the word masser, which means the first ten percent. Not just ten percent, it's the first ten percent. You see, God wants his first. Not let me see if I can afford it. You can never afford it. You'll never figure it out on paper. It doesn't make sense. It's principle. It is word. It is truth. It is life. And when you get the revelation, God said, test me. Prove me. See if I won't pour out a blessing that your soul cannot contain. When you bring God his first, he accepts it. He receives it. When you bring him some and when you just tip him, he doesn't. Wow. See, a lot of Christians have the heart of Cain. It's mine. Can, can you imagine what the kingdom of God could be? Could you imagine what this church could do? I'm telling you, this church does a lot. 
We support missionaries. We feed, I don't know how many families last year, Joan, eight, ten thousand. I'm usually what, what it runs. I don't know. We fed a lot of people through faithfulness, through people who give. I mean, we've done a lot of amazing things on a percentage. What if a revival broke out, amen, in our hearts and in our finances and 100% of the membership honored God with His 10% first? First of all, it would bless you. And number two, it would bless the church, amen, to the point that we could really do something significant. We could reach Tyler for Jesus. We could support. We could buy beans for Nicaragua. Amen. Right now, they're, they're having such an influx, an increase in inflation in the beans that people are not even able to afford the staple. It's heartbreaking. All over the world, people are struggling. What could we do to help people if our money was blessed. But he said, you've stolen from me. You've robbed me in your tithe and in your offering. And because of it, you're cursed with a curse. But when you give God his first. Wow. I, I just, I encourage you. Look at your financial statement. Say, did I pay my tithe? If not, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. And start. Put God to the test. Next 90 days, honor God. First, you get your check, boom. Take the first, your first check you write. Now, you know, you, I, I tell you the best way. You know, many people have gone online to the website. They do things. They, it's, it's automatic. It's drafted. They, their check goes into the account, and their tithe comes out first thing. It doesn't even, they don't even... It's not even there. That's, that's a good way to do it. If you're, if you're not, what's the word? If you're not stewardship enough, if you don't have the, the, the uh, diligence, the discipline to do it, do it that way. It just comes out and you never have to worry about it. But if not, your tithe should be the very first check. You don't figure the bills. You don't know. You give God His first, and then God blesses the remainder, and it'll go further. And we talked about it last week. It doesn't mean you're going to drive a Aston Martin or Lamborghini, or it doesn't mean that you, you, you know, you're never going to have any problems. It doesn't mean that uh, you're just going to live on cloud nine. He said that He would supply all of your needs. Now, God's good. We get some of our wants, too. And we can believe God for healing. We can believe God, and He does it. But we don't. when we give our tithe, that was God's. Remember I said last week, you can't borrow my truck and then give it back a week later and say, hey, hey I want to give you a truck. No, you're giving back what was mine. That first 10% is God's. Generosity begins at 11%. That's where you bless. That's where you give. And that's where you show God you can handle your money. And I tell you what I teach my kids. I've taught them what I teach everybody. Is you need to learn to live on 80% of your income. If you would teach your kids this. If you would learn this. You're all you young married couples. If you would start this. And if you haven't, start now. First 10% belongs to who? If you could learn to take the next 10% and give to you, pay you, put that in savings, 
Put that in CD. Put that in, put, put, put it, say, pay you. If you could learn this principle, first 10% belongs to God. Next 10% belongs to me for my future, for my children. And then I live on 80%. I live within my means. Most Americans live beyond their means. They spend everything they make and then they charge the rest. But if we could learn the principle of honoring God first, honoring ourselves and our future, it would make a huge difference in our life. Can I get a big amen? Yeah. Well, Pastor, I just, you just I get my money. I, just, I, I want them churches, they're just all greedy, all them preachers, just all they want is money. You ever been to a bad restaurant? Do you st- are you going to go out to eat today? You still go to restaurants ever? Yeah? You ever, anybody ever ate a bad hamburger? Yeah? But do you still eat them? I mean, you still eat steak? You still, listen, somebody somewhere has done something wrong. It wasn't God. Stop blaming God because the devil has used that, amen, to cripple you and your finances to get you to not trust God and believe God. But sometime or another, you've got to say, you know what? I'm putting it in God's hands. People say all the time. Now, God first. Then generosity starts. Pay me. And then, this is my money. I can do with my money whatever I want to do with my money. Not stealing God's. I've already taken care of my future. Now, this is mine. So every time that I take one here and I bless somebody... Well, I don't people standing on the corner, all they want is money. They're just going to do some drugs. Maybe so. People come into church all the time wanting money. We don't help all of them, but sometimes I feel led. Sometimes I'll hand somebody on the corner something, not all of them. But when the Holy Spirit prompts me, because you know why? Because when I take this out and I take my money, and I put it in their hands, I'm not putting it in their hands. I'm putting it in God's hands. Whatever they do with it, they're going to be judged for it. But what I do with my money, I'm going to be judged for it. So I want to be generous. I want to be a blessing to people. I want to show God that I can handle it. If I'm faithful in little, He'll make me ruler over much. Amen? We come, we, we come in here and we sing, What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. We, you know, saying, bring, bring your all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Except my money. Except my talents. Except this. Except that. But I bring you all. I bring, except... Did you know God doesn't need your money? Did you know God's richer than Elon Musk? He don't need to go to the moon. He, he, he's the one hung it up there. Church is blessed. All the bills are paid. We're, we're, we're not saying, oh, come on, give so we can pay the bills. We're, church is blessed. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. 
I'm trying to get the hand of God over your business, over your marriage, over your life, so that you can flourish. But when you're stealing from God, you're cursed with a curse. And no matter, no many how many prayers I pray, I can't break that curse. Amen? What God's after is your heart. I'm telling you, our money is connected to our heart. (laughs) Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And when we are generous with God, when we honor God first, give Him His first, we show God our heart. So, number one, Miss Arlene, number one, what is given the first revealed? It reveals the condition of my heart. Everybody say, what's the condition of my heart? I went to the doctor. I had a test, and the heart was beating crazy. And they sent me for a stress test and echo and did all that kind of stuff. Looking at the condition of my heart. Turns out, my heart's all right. But we had to look at it. We had to see what's going on, what's, what's causing these issues or whatever. And uh, I don't know what all it was. Probably pizza or something. But, but we got to look at french fries, yeah. We have to look at the condition. And so we, we look at Genesis. One day Cain suggested to his brother. Now, what did God tell Cain? Cain brought that offering and God didn't receive it. It made Cain mad. God said, Cain, why are you mad? He said, look, if you'll do what's right, I'll bless you. But if you don't, sin is crouching at the door and it's going to be the master of you. You've got to learn to master it. When you learn to give God first, you're learning to master the flesh. You're mastering greed. You're mastering selfishness. You're not saying mine. You're saying yours. So, what did Cain do? Did Cain go do right? Did, did Cain say, Lord, I'm sorry? Or did Cain let that get in his heart and fester? Well, let's look. Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out to the fields. Let's go on a little hunting trip. Let's go camping. Let's go out here and have some fun on the four-wheelers. And while they were in the field... Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, Where's your brother? Where is Abel? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? King James says, Am I my brother's keeper? The the, the answer to that question is yes. You are your brother's keeper. It, it, your, your family is your responsibility. It is you, you need to do right by people. But when you allow things to get in your heart and fester unforgiveness, bitterness, anger towards somebody who did the right thing, you didn't do the right thing, so now you're mad at them for doing the right thing and you kill them. I'm telling you, guns are not the problem. The heart is the problem. Cain didn't have a gun. He had a rock. But he had a bad heart. 
And evil will find a way to kill people no matter what. It's a hard issue. Cain was so divided in himself, so angry, so selfish, he was mad at God and he took it out on Abel. We look at people that are blessed and we go, well, that's not fair. Why they get that? Because they did what was right. And instead of getting mad at them, what we need to do is do what is right and the Lord will bless us also. Instead, he just brought some and that some was cursed. Did you know curse money? Do you know what the word cursed means? Consequences. See, the thing, yeah, you're saved. You're, you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you steal from God, there's consequences to that. What are the consequences? Cursed money divides. Cursed money divides our heart. Cursed money divides our focus. It'll divide your marriage. It'll turn kids against one another. It turns families. anybody, Anybody watch the news lately? You just see the guy that stole everybody's money and then killed his family? Now, he said he didn't do it. But the jury, the jury found him guilty in just like 45 minutes. So apparently there was enough evidence. See, the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. And if you break that command and you steal... Well, what's, what's killing? You already broke one. Why not break another one? It's a matter of the heart. It's a heart issue. Cursed money divides. But when you bring the first to God, and God takes the curse off of the rest. Somebody say, God, take the curse off. You see, this doesn't, this doesn't tilt the scales in your favor. But when you give God His first... His 10%, His tithe first. It tilts the scales in your favor. God takes His, He blesses yours, and yours brings peace. The Bible says that God is the one that gives promotion. God is the one that gives the power to gain wealth and addeth no sorrow. If you do it on your own and you do it illegally or Uh, 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 not ethically, or you do it on your own, it's cursed. But if you'll do it right, you'll honor God first. God blesses the rest. It shows God my heart is toward you. I honor you first. And God blesses the rest. Cursed money divides, blessed money Unites. It brings family together. It brings people to Jesus. It unifies people. It unifies churches. It blesses. It It reveals a condition of our heart. Do I have a heart of Cain or do I have a heart of Abel? Number two, it determines how much God can trust me. How much can God trust me? There's a whole lot of people. There's a ton of people. I put this $1,000 in this bag and hand it to them. 
and say, hey, bring this to me next week. 100% I know when they bring it back, there's going to be $1,000 in there. There are some people, I wouldn't give them the bag with that rubber band in it because they'd bring it back with the rubber band gone. Y'all got people you know like that, don't you? The question is, is, is that me? God, can you trust me? I want to be trustworthy. I want to be able to hold on to what's God's, and God knows that when it comes time, I'm going to give him what I owe him. And when I show him that, I show him the condition of my heart, and I show him that he can trust me. He blesses me. He takes the curse off of my money and he multiplies my money. I'm faithful in little. He makes me ruler over much. That means if you made a dollar, you owe 10 cents. If you made $10, you owe a dollar. If you made 100, you owe 10. If you made 1,000 this week, you owe 100. That's God's. And you need to give him the first off of the top. Don't tip God with what's left over. Do y'all get that? Do you see it? Number three and final. It determines how long it lives. How long do you want your money to work for you? How long do you want it to work for you? I read a statistic the other day. Now don't get mad at me. I did not make this up. It was a study done. It's pretty accurate. It said the poor spend their money on alcohol, tobacco, and lottery tickets. The middle class spend their money on houses, cars, and boats, and things to have fun, but they're just as broke as the poor. And the wealthy spend their money on things that make them more money. Now that's just a worldly statistic. Let's take and we look at all of those groups. First of all, we don't need to waste our money. We don't need to be frivolous with our money. We've all done it. But we need to learn the condition of our heart and we need to say, Lord, I want to give you yours first so you can bless mine. Now, does God care if you have the money? See, here's the deal. If you've given God His and you've taken care of your future and your family and, and, and your, all your bills are paid and, and, and you've got some left, you see, the deal is God doesn't care. If you want to go buy nice things and have a nicer house and nicer car and, 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 and have that nice motorcycle so I can sit on it. He didn't let me ride it. He let me sit on it, though. <laughs> but see, the deal is, I rejoiced with my brother because my brother honors God with his tithes every week. And that was what he does with what's left over. Is between him and his wife. If his wife said he could have it, he could have it. 
Now, that's just, that's not our marriage seminar, but that's just a good idea. Me and Amy have a, a amount. They're small amounts that we can, she just went shopping with the two girls and the granddaughters. Them granddaughters not even born and they're costing me. She wanted this little black poodle this week and I said, nope, we got granddaughters coming to spend money on. We're not spending no money on no dog. If you want to spend money on a dog, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having fun. But make sure that you've taken care of God, you've taken care of your future, and then... Pay all your bills. Pay your debts. What's left? Enjoy life. That's what God said, that you can lay your head down at night and, and, and know that you're blessed. It's okay. But if you're, if you're on the lake in a boat with God's money, you're cursed. If you're on a boat that's blessed, woo, it's fun. It's good times. It's okay. Give God his first. How long it's going to last? It was Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he speaks to us by his example of faith. How long is your gift, your giving, going to live? I mean, how long? The Bible says a righteous man, a good man, leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. That's why after you pay God, you need to pay you. Live within your means. Enjoy life. God will bless this stack more and more. And the more he blesses this stack, the more you tilt the scales and bless God. If you can't afford to pay tithe on what you're making, God can help you make a, a, the, the amount you can afford to pay. You say, Pastor, I can't afford to pay but $50. Okay, the Lord will help you make 500 this week. But you know what I've seen? I've seen people that made 1000 And they gave God 10% His. And they gave Him another 10% of theirs. And I've watched God increase their income to 2000 a week. It, I, I don't know how it works. It just works. How long do you want it to last? I want it to last a lifetime. Faith in God speaks longer than life here on this earth. Cain's life died with him. And we live like this. We steal from God. Our life dies with us. But Abel still speaking to us today. By faith, Abel gave what was right. Cain gave some. Someday, that job is going to go, it's going to go under. That business is going to go under. That house that you're so proud of is going to rot down and fall. They're going to mow it down. That, everything you have when we die, there's, I haven't seen one U-Haul behind a hearse. You're not taking it with you. Amen? Money doesn't bring happiness. 
the peace of God does. And when you honor God with your first and He blesses the rest, you can lay down at night knowing I've honored God and I'm right with God. My heart is right. And then you begin to dream big dreams. I dream big dreams. I believe big things. Me and Amy's been blessed. We started out in a little house for $26,000 and we went to the bank and didn't qualify. That's 33 years ago. 30 years ago. But because of faithfulness, because of always paying our bills on time, because of credit, because of everything, today, I have a $100,000 line of credit at the bank that I can have any time I want, for anything I want, with a phone call. Give God his first. When people give God their first, they're blessed. Their blessing comes down to you. I want my blessing to flow down to my children. I want to build something that doesn't just bless me, but blesses the kingdom of God and blesses my children and my grandchildren and their children. But it always it all starts right here. Lord, I have a heart for you. I have a heart for God. I want to... <laughs> I, I told a guy the other day, I was talking to him, and I was talking about we, we buy and sell houses and flip houses and have rental property, and the Lord has blessed us. My, I was thinking, just talking the other day, my daddy had old rent houses, and I have old rent houses. I was thinking, my daddy had an airplane. If he hadn't crashed that thing, we probably would fly airplanes today, wouldn't we, Paul? No doubt, we'd probably both have our pilot license and be flying airplanes. Instead, he had old houses, and I work on old houses. <laughs> kind of follow along and what you learn and what you see. But we're blessed by their faithfulness. You know what I saw my mom and dad do? I, I don't remember this. I was too little if I was even born. But my brother and sister remember it. My daddy on one of his 40-day fasts, they were faithful tithers, faithful givers, built this church many, many times. They would go forever with no salary, paying the bills out of their own pocket to make sure it still survived. And on one of those 40-day fasts, he came and told Paul and Jill to pick one thing, and he gave everything else away. The entire house. Clothes, Furniture, toys, he emptied the house. Right after Christmas, he gave it all to God. And I don't know how, but they made less money than all of us put together, and they always had money. And they gave us money. And you walk through their house and everything, you go, that was given to them, that was given to them, that was given to them. God's faithfulness. The fellowship hall back there, part of that resurrection offering, that big chunk that came one year, was because my daddy sold one of his rent houses, our inheritance, <laughs> and gave 100%. See, God only asked for 10%. 
He sold that house and gave 100% to the church to build that new fellowship hall. Huh? Oh, did he give y'all a thousand? Did he give me a thousand? Thank you for correcting me because I didn't remember that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I didn't remember it. But what I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. That fella, they're, they're, they're dead and gone. They're in heaven. That fellowship hall still standing. Still feeding people. This church is still standing on their sacrifice, on their giving, on their faithfulness. Because they didn't just tithe 10%. 10% is all you can tithe. That belongs to God. But they gave abundantly, sacrificially over that constantly to see the kingdom of God. And their, in, their inheritance is great in heaven, but that legacy still lives on today. How long is your legacy going to live? That $100,000 we have in savings for our Family Life Center, where'd that come from? Came from brother and sister Himes that passed away and left their estate to the Lord's house. And they will be honored whenever we build that. That'll be built in honor partially of them. Their legacy of giving will live on way past their life. What's your legacy going to say about you? What does your heart say? What are you going to do? So, closing out this series. Y'all going to be happy. Next week we'll talk about something else. You know, no, I, I rarely talk about tithing offerings, about once or twice a year is all. But I'm telling you, you got to get salvation. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll learn to give God what's His, it'll transform your life and your children's life, and your children's children's life. Teach your children to honor God, and give God His first, and it'll tip the scales full tilt. God all in for you, and when God's all in for you, blessings flow. Amen? Back to about my, I'll finish this story. I felt this this man... Uh, I, we was talking about real estate and buying houses and we're looking for a house to buy and flip. And, and so I told him, I said, you know, it seems, like, it seems like things have just fallen in our lap. You honor God and you pay your tithe and you give and things just like fall in your lap. And we were standing in a house and he said, this one can fall in your lap too. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, how much? He said, I just got the appraisal, 489000 I said, that's too heavy for my lap. <laughs> but guess what? It's not too heavy for God's lap. Because, see, if I was able to do that, that house fixed up is probably worth six, seven hundred thousand. So you could make a couple of hundred thousand dollars. But, you know, we're not there yet. We're still doing things on a lower level. But you know what? Guess what? God's bringing us up and that's how you start small and one day I'll be able to say I'll take it you know what yeah I'll take it but see we've we got to work into that level but you know what I've learned to trust God where I'm at and God's brought me a long way and one day 
Remember what Brother Philip teaches us every year? He's on a journey of giving, of zeros. I can remember when $100 used to be a big thing to give. Oh, I'll give $100? Oh, man. But to be able to write $1,000 to give is amazing. We're fixing to come into our resurrection offering for Easter. Many of you will give 1000 Some of you will give 5000 Some of you will give 10000 You'll stretch your faith. And when you do, it's amazing what God does. So, Father, today, how's my heart? Could you close your eyes today and just put your hand over your heart? Say, Lord, how, what's the condition of my heart? Am I Cain or am I Abel? See, on, on, only you can answer that. I don't know. I, I don't keep up with it. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what. I just know not everybody honors God with a tithe. There's many that just tip God. They give Him some. It's between you and God, but I'm telling you today, if you will get your heart right and say, God, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to say mine because it's not mine. It's yours. All of it's yours. Thank you that I get to keep 90%. But Lord, help me today determine in my heart that I'm going to honor you with yours and I'm going to honor you with yours first. Help me to start living this principle. Help me to write your check first, to take your money out first. Help me to honor you first. And I ask you, Lord, every person that honors you, I'm just saying in the next 90 days, honor God. Pay your tithe. Let it truly be a, a, a tithe, a tenth, and give it to Him first. And see, prove Him, test Him and see if he won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. And at the end of the days, you come and tell me. How things different in your home, your family, your children, your marriage, your finances, your health. Versus when you started. Father, I don't have to sweat or worry because it's not my guarantee. It's your guarantee. I'm just taking a moment to let this get in your heart. We accept Jesus into our heart as our Lord and Savior. Today you've got to say, Lord, do you truly have all of my heart? Is there any selfishness or greed or anything there that would steal from you? I, I don't want to be a thief. I don't want to be cursed. I want to be blessed. Today I see this principle, I see your word, and now I've got to make a decision. What am I going to do?
what, what, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to ignore it? Or am I going to test it? Father, I just pray today if there's one person in this building that is not in right relationship with you, there's sin in their life, if they were to die today, they're not sure they would go to heaven. Tithing will not get you to heaven. Only the blood of Jesus. His free gift of salvation. I pray, Father, that that person would just right now say, Lord, I, I give you my heart. I surrender my life to you. I accept you, my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life today. Father, for every person that's made you Lord of their life, I pray today that I make you Lord of my finances. You're in control. I pray today that my heart uh, says, Lord, I, I'm all in so that you'll be all in. So I pray that this next week when I get paid, the first 10% belongs to you. And I'm going to test you over this next 90 days. And Father, I just thank you for letting your faith pour out on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Give Jesus a big hand clap.